Welcome to the Unschooled Podcast. I'm Holly Sequoia. I'm here to share my insights and tips, both as a mum of two boys who have never been to school and as a life coach working with unschooling parents who want to create more joy, connection and trust with their children. Hello there, welcome to episode three. Today we're going to be talking about de-schooling. I'm going to cover what it is, when to do it, why it's so important, and of course, how to de-school, practical steps that you can start applying today. So we'll kick things off by talking about what de-schooling actually is. Because there's quite a lot of confusion about de-schooling, uh, especially within the unschooling community, because they can be, they can look quite similar, but essentially de-schooling is the process of unlearning everything you've been taught to think about learning and education. It's really about challenging our own conditioning and getting to know ourselves and our children out with the expectations and standards of schooling. The actual term de-schooling is largely credited to Ivan Illich, I don't know how to say it, but he was a philosopher and a huge critic of mass education. He published a book called The De-schooling Society, uh, just De-schooling Society actually, in 1971, in which he argued that school systems couldn't be reformed, but rather needed to be dismantled entirely. I concur, Ivan, I concur. So if we apply this to the context of unschooling, it's really a case of dismantling our own views on education and reconstructing our perspective based on what learning really looks like for our children and ourselves, i.e. there are a million ways to learn and the best way is the way that is chosen by the individual. So that's just a brief overview of the definition and where that term comes from and I will explain a bit more about that as we go through the podcast. So moving on to when to de-school and why it's so important. De-schooling is necessary whenever you're moving from a more school-like approach to a less school-like approach. For example, if you're going to go from school to homeschool, then a de-schooling period needs to take place in between. And if you're going from homeschooling to unschooling, de-schooling is also important because unschooling is so different from homeschool. And by the way, I refer to homeschool as learning at home with some kind of curriculum or whatever it's not fully child-led learning like unschooling is. I really actually don't like it when people refer to unschooling as a form of homeschooling because it's like the whole point of it is that it's not schooling, it's unschooling. But anyway... It's even important to actively de-school if you've decided to move from unschooling to radical unschooling, which is where children direct their whole lives rather than just their education. So you can see that it basically needs to take place anytime you're going from a slightly more school-like approach to a less school-like approach. So de-schooling is absolutely vital for both parents and children, but for slightly different reasons. For the unschooling parent, de-schooling is important because it allows us to shift our perspective from education needing to look a certain way to connecting more with our children and learning how to trust in their unique ways of learning and their own timelines. Trying to unschool without de-schooling, I imagine, would be pretty miserable for everyone because without de-schooling, the parent is going to be 
worrying that their child isn't learning enough or the right things or they're not learning in the best way they're going to probably doubt if unschooling is the best choice for their families they're also going to be susceptible to being more triggered by external things like maybe people questioning their decision or comparing their children to others and they're probably going to feel a continuous urge to step in and direct or control or lead their children's learning and what this does really is just prolong the amount of time it takes for everyone to find their footing of course it is totally normal to have wobbles and to have doubts along the way but these are the kinds of things that de-schooling kind of tackles so in my opinion dipping your toe in and out of unschooling is one of the most detrimental things you can do if you're aiming to unschool because if you think about it every time you go back on your word and then push or coerce learning again your children then trust you less each time you do it so if you have done this don't worry just commit to taking de-schooling really really seriously because when you do take it really seriously and really thoroughly de-school you will find that you no longer push or coerce learning with your children you end up trusting in the process rather than kind of going back and forth which just makes everything take longer what we want to do with de-schooling is get to the place where your children feel secure as well and feel like they can be trusted and feel empowered to direct their own education because the you know the lesson they've been given in school is that they're, they're not to be trusted with that and we kind of reinforce that message if we keep going back and forth so yeah that's actually a huge reason why de-schooling is important for the child as well it's a period of time where they get to get to know themselves and they're able to start to heal from some of the damaging effects of school like for example if they had their creativity squashed or if their intrinsic motivation was affected maybe their love of learning went away a bit through school you know a child who has been taught by school that they need to be told by an adult authority figure exactly what to learn when to learn it how to learn this idea that there's one way to learn they need time to unlearn that message to discover what they're even interested in and how they want to go about their education how they best learn so i will say that some children who have been particularly traumatized or negatively impacted by school in a more serious way they may have a very strong aversion to anything remotely school-like. They will potentially resist anything school-like and they will be able to sniff out any of your attempts to get them to learn something. So in these cases, I feel like de-schooling has to happen at a, a more deep level. And if you do have a child like this, then just be prepared to have a lot of patience and a lot, a lot, a lot of trust that your child will rediscover their love of learning again in time. It's not easy, but really it's about connecting with your child and meeting them where they are. 
lots and lots of connecting, observing and following their lead and a lot of reassurance that they won't have to go back to school, that nothing is expected of them. Of course, when we do de-school, we realise that children are always learning, even if it doesn't look like it. But the key here is just to take the focus completely off of learning, take a huge step back and solely focus on your relationship. In any case, the more you get to know your unique child or children, the better you'll be able to support their learning and the better you'll be able to fulfil your role as an unschooling parent. Okay, so another benefit of de-schooling is that you get the chance to explore what's really important to you individually and as a family. So you get to start redesigning what you want your family life to look like. Of course, this can be done together, giving your children a say. But basically, during the de-schooling period, you get to discover everyone's ways of being, ways of learning, the things that are important to them, to you and start creating a sort of family flow or a rhythm that takes everyone's uniqueness into consideration. For example, you might find that you have one child who would just spend all day outside if they could, and then one child who's a bit more of a homebody who prefers being in the house. And so it's just a case of looking at how you can factor both into your unschooling life. For me, this that's the case in, in my family with my kids. And we do have a a loose agreement or a loose kind of arrangement that we do alternate inside days and outside days. So we do one inside day, then the next is outside and so on. But we do have to be quite flexible since we live in Scotland and the weather can be pretty wild. So yeah, it's not a case of trying to arrange it so that everyone's happy all the time, because I think that's just very unrealistic. But if you do have children that have wildly different needs and wishes, or maybe, um, you know, you find that your needs are somewhat conflicting in some ways, then it's just about trying to make sure everyone gets to be happy some of the time. I think that's the kind of the goal to aim towards, slightly more realistic than making everyone happy all the time. So essentially the de-schooling period is a time for getting really, really curious and experimenting with what works, trying to find what works, which of course changes over time, changes with the season. So being really flexible and adaptable is key here. Don't be afraid to try new things and find creative solutions for the different challenges you might face as you go through this period. Another bonus of de-schooling is that you may find you heal some of your own school wounds through the process or you may find that your school school wounds come to the surface as you're watching your kids discover their passions and their interests and, and being able to follow them. That can be really hard to witness because we like likely weren't able to do that. So you may find that you come across some things for you to heal, which is it's a great opportunity to look at these things. You know, it could be perfectionism or just seeking external approval. You could find that you want to explore some of your long lost passions. You could be looking at how you like to learn. And you might even re-examine things like your career path if that was one that was sort of imposed upon you. You actually just might find yourself re-examining everything you thought you knew about everything. (laughs) But it is an incredible chance to 
find your own inner compass and connect to yourself, your intuition, your own needs, wants, desires. It's a great chance to do that. One thing that came up for me that relates to de-schooling is when I was eight years old, I was put into weekly piano lessons and they were the really formal kind where we'd work in like such a specific and structured way towards grades. It wasn't so much fun. It was, it was very much, this is how you're going to learn piano. And I did go through periods of really enjoying it. I think partly because I was pretty good at it. But at one point, my parents realized that I was actually playing by ear and I wasn't reading the sheet music cardinal sin um but I used to love playing by ear and it was actually quite a skill I was really good at it I had a natural talent for it even at a young age but because they wanted me to do grades as if like that's the only point of learning an instrument they made me sit down every night with a sheet of music and write the name of the notes underneath so of course I started reading the music and stopped playing by ear which it's kind of sad. I also used to burst into tears after every exam. It was so much pressure for me. I really, 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 really hated the exams. And I also hated learning theory, but I had to because it was a re- requirement for moving on to grade six. I had to do my grade five theory, I think it was, and I hated it. I was like, why do I need to know this? I swear it's such a pointless thing. Anyway, I guess there's a reason for it, but I, I didn't really see how I why I needed to do that why can't I just like sit and play piano and have fun with it but yeah so as an adult I've often wondered you know what would have happened if I'd been allowed to explore my natural affinity for playing by ear like what a cool skill to have and I can still do it to some degree but I did have it mostly stomped out of me and it just had a huge impact on my ability to do that and I have come across so many adults who'll say Oh, I'm so glad my parents forced me to learn piano. And I just find that so interesting because they literally have no idea what would have happened if they were allowed to explore their own passions rather than having them imposed on them and having to have these really formal structured lessons where you are only allowed to learn in one way. Maybe they wouldn't have learned piano at all or maybe they would just wouldn't have learned it to the same degree or maybe they would have learned something completely different like, I don't know, intuitive singing or karate not that you can't do you know you can't have different hobbies at the same time but you know what I mean but that's one thing you'll find with adults who haven't de-schooled at all ever they have had it absolutely drummed into them that they can't trust themselves to learn that they need to be forced to learn to be held accountable by someone other than themselves otherwise they'd never stick with anything they can't fathom that children could actually choose to gain in-depth knowledge on a topic or choose to become highly skilled in something if they haven't been coerced into it and kept on track by someone else they've basically given their power away to another person anyway all that to say (laughs) often as adults we start de-schooling for our children and then realize we don't really know ourselves very well if we haven't ever examined our conditioning and deprogrammed from it so as I said it's a great opportunity to, for you to figure out what you want for your own life and just allow yourself to sit with any feelings that might come up for you especially if you did have a kind of traumatic time at school um, 
A great thing to do while you're schooling actually is to choose something new to learn for yourself. Maybe it could be something you used to love as a child but stopped doing. Maybe something completely new to you. It's a really cool way to figure out how you like to learn whilst your children are figuring that out for themselves as well. You kind of can get into their mindset a little bit. So that leads nicely on to how to de-school. It's often talked about in the unschooling community. Oh, you need to do de-school, just de-school. I'm starting to say de-school in a really weird way now because I've said it so many times. Um, but they often don't tell you how to do it. They just say, oh, you need to de-school. But you're left thinking, well, how do I actually do that? What What do I do? And the advice sometimes is, you know, just do nothing. But that's not very helpful for people who do have a really schooly mindset still. Though I would argue that anyone who's already decided to unschool has had to de-school to some degree to even make that decision because they've had to already challenge their own views on education to choose to unschool because you don't choose that unless you've, you know, done a bit of de-schooling even just naturally. Uh, but you do get people who de-school in preparation for homeschooling. So they take the kids out of school, then they de-school for a certain period of time and then they start with a curriculum or something. But sometimes you'll have people who aim to do that, that's their plan, but then they just carry on de-schooling and then eventually they just realise they're unexpectedly unschooling. <laughs> but yeah, I suppose one of the difficulties is that de-schooling is going to probably look different depending on the family, depending on the children, depending on the situation. But generally, it can be useful to look at how you'd normally spend school holidays, for example, or ask yourself what you'd be doing as a family if school just didn't exist at all. That's pretty much how we live in my family. We just, school just doesn't factor into anything. So if you had zero expectations of what education should look like, what would you do? and just start exploring that question for yourself. You'd probably do things you enjoy, right? Go to fun places, find the unschooling or homeschooling community in your area. You'd be probably letting your children play, 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 play to their little heart's content. You'd probably play with them a lot, right? You'd be reading with them, involving them in daily life, cooking, for example, doing crafts. There are a million different things you can do. The active part of de-schooling though because that really is just unschooling that's the unschooling philosophy right follow the children's lead so the active part of de-schooling really comes into play when you find yourself feeling uncomfortable or uneasy about not doing certain types of learning or learning certain subjects for example so it's whenever you have doubts that's when de-schooling comes into play so what can really help is to Make start making a note or start observing what happens to trigger that wobbly what the heck am I doing feeling there's going to be certain things that that trigger that so you make a note of those and make a little plan of action for each one so for example if you find yourself getting triggered by a certain Facebook group for example full of mums boasting about their children's academic achievements just get the heck out of there do not spend time in those spaces especially when you're de-schooling. Mute friends who trigger you on social media, you don't have to mute them forever. But just to start off with, it's so important to almost like have a little bubble of protection. Uh, and I talked about that 
in the previous podcast, I think, I think in the first one actually, about handling criticism and just how important boundaries are. So I'll just reiterate that a little bit. You might actually prefer just to not discuss your decision at all with anyone outside your immediate family, at least until you're feeling a bit more confident about it and seeing the positive impact of unschooling on your own children. You actually have those results in front of you that's going to boost your belief and maybe make you feel a bit more comfortable talking to people about it. Sometimes you can see the effects immediately and sometimes it can take a little bit longer to actually see the positive impact it's having on your children. So another thing that can be very useful is to fill your social media, if you go on social media, fill your feed up with other unschooling parents. So that can really just, it just gets you a bit more in the mindset of it and, and just having that community almost. I know it's an online community, but I think it still makes a huge difference. It's the things that you're consuming are going to affect you and how confident you are. Um, I would say just be mindful that you don't start comparing your family's unschooling journey to other people's because it does look different for everyone and they might be years down the line. You might get families that really prioritise doing things, you know, like maybe travelling or I don't know, maybe they're just really crafty or maybe they have, you know, that beautiful like Montessori style environment and you don't so don't compare because everyone's different and everyone has a different uh unschooling vibe and you may have seen some advice to that says to look at the different school subjects and write down everything your child is learning in those categories which i'm sure is useful if you do need to keep a record in a certain format for reports and things like that but just keep in mind that natural learning isn't limited or restricted by subject so unless you need to do that I wouldn't advise it because it's going to reinforce your schooly type mindset. A better way to do it if you do need to do a report and you uh, you can do it this way is to note down the activities and then everything they've learned from it. Maybe you need to split it out into subjects I don't know depends on your area but yeah if you can do it that way because that's a bit more of a natural way of looking at learning and yeah if you do find yourself putting rules in place or encouraging certain subjects instead of just following your children's lead then it's important just to get really curious about why you're doing so you'll almost always find it's another schooly standard that you need to reframe or let go of so just be curious and explore the root cause of that okay so i don't know why i'm like breathless tonight it's weird anyway another challenge for de-schooling is when you get a child that seems to resent being taken out of school and it often happens with older kids especially if it they didn't necessarily initiate coming out of school but because they've been in the school system for much longer it can take them a bit more effort and time to build their self-trust and their and to kind of build their intrinsic motivation back up their drive for learning they might be saying they're bored or they don't have enough structure or they need accountability and what i would say is the most important thing here for older children who are saying this is to 
work with your child to empower them to find their own solutions. So of course you're there to support them, but you really want to be guiding them towards creating their own goals and working towards them. Perhaps they might even come up with their own structure for their days, how they want to spend their days. But this is the time to really empower them. So you're becoming more of a coach in this scenario, asking them questions to help them get to know what's important to them and what they really want, coaching them through experimenting with different ideas and finding what really works for them. And vitally important, believing in them. You as the parent believing in them, knowing that they can do it and being really certain in their abilities and showing them that, showing them that you believe in them. Okay, gonna move on in a sec, but I just wanna add a slight caveat that if you do find after de-schooling or, or throughout the de-schooling process that you're just not on board with the unschooling philosophy, then that is completely your choice. You have to do what you feel is right for your family. But for the purposes of this podcast and who I work with, it's solely those who want to completely unschool. I It would just be out of alignment for me to advise on imposing learning on children it just it doesn't align with my philosophy so it would be out of integrity for me to do so um you'll need to go and find other resources that help you go from de-schooling to more of a homeschooling approach okay so just a few more things to cover we've talked about what de-schooling is when it's important why it's important and some tips on how to actually do it and you might be wondering at this point, so when does de-schooling end? When do you stop de-schooling and you're just unschooling? Well, it's it doesn't really end as such, not for unschoolers anyway. There's this general piece of advice that gets floated around. I see it this a lot, which is to do one month of de-schooling for every year a child was at school. But the only issue with that is that us parents, we were usually at school for what, 15 years or so so you know we'd have to de-school for quite a long time i'm not sure that's a particularly useful piece of advice but if you do find that having that time frame in mind is useful then obviously go for it but de-schooling takes as long as it takes and it may pop up at any point that you need to do more de-schooling when you start to have doubts and things but i guess you could say that you're unschooling rather than actively de-schooling when you become really comfortable with it when you stop worrying about your children's learning and start actually trusting that they're learning exactly what they need to when they need to in the perfect way for them that's when you're really unschooling versus de-schooling you will stop feeling like you're not doing enough or that you're not providing enough you will stop having that urge to step in and take control or direct the learning in some way you will stop trying to turn every one of your child's passions or interests into a learning experience and you'll start seeing all of the learning that's already happening you'll start really trusting in that and then of course when you do start feeling the need to backpedal a bit if you do or if doubts creep back in or if you start wondering how can I get my child to learn you know xyz yet that can be triggered by so many different things and that's why de-schooling never really ends as such you just have to kind of dip in and out of de-schooling as time goes by and as doubts arise the thing is that conditioning from school and society runs so 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 deep that 
even if you've been unschooling for several years, you can still have wobbles. So just keep that internal awareness going and tackle any doubts as soon as they come up so that you don't end up uh, derailing all of your hard work that you've done so far to de-school. So, wow, that felt like so much to cover. I trust that you found some of that helpful and that it's cleared up some confusion for you. If you do want an experienced unschooler and coach to help you guide you through the process of de-schooling and beyond, then I do offer one-to-one coaching. I do have very limited spots, but just get in touch if you feel like that's for you. Otherwise, I will catch you on the next episode. I have no idea what it'll be about, but it will be awesome. So thanks for listening. Take care of yourself and remember to live is to learn. Bye.